I wanna to start today by sharing a little bit of a story. So the year was 2000, it was the summer of 2000, and a young Texas boy uh, came to Louisiana to go to summer camp. And he came to summer camp, God did powerful thing in his life, and there at the camp, they were introducing an internship. As a part of that internship, there was a, a dinner to come and learn all about it. This boy goes to the dinner, hears all about this internship and says, man, this is something that I wanna do. Goes back to Texas and talks with his family about it. His family says, yes, you need to go to that internship. At the same time, there was a girl that was out of St. Martinville. Come on, DeVille, all right? <laughs> that went to the same camp and went to the same dinner and had the same call that God told her to, to go to. The young boy from Texas and the Cajun girl from DeVille came to the, uh, to the internship. For those that don't know, that is me and my wife. I'm gonna show you a picture. This was back in the day right here. Look at this right here. Yeah. I was so proud of myself, man. It was just, it was so much. So there I am, and there Lindsay is. Look, she had curly hair at one time um, before boys got. So we spent the next year going through this internship together. We served together. Here's, here's another picture of us serving together, doing children's camps and so many other things together. Um, that is not her singing. Just want to let you know that. She's just sign languaging, okay? She was not allowed to sing. Um, but she, she sign language, she would tell you that, okay, <laughs> not me. So this is, this is us serving together. Now, um, what this picture does not convey though that most people did not understand is that during the internship, Lindsay and I were rivals. We were enemies of one another. We did not care for one another. We did not like one another. Um, I was a big city Texas boy and she was a girl from DeVille and we just clashed. We clashed, we clashed. And, and yet, in the midst of all that, after we graduated from it, uh, God opened my eyes to see that this woman is one that I can never not be with. And so, just about a year or so after we graduated, I popped the question to her, and she said yes, and we brought on this day right here. Look at this, right here. Bam! So much power up in that. Look at that strong little, like there, man. That's, Hey, by the way, that's the only hair I could grow for 19 years. <laughs> so I went strong, okay? Went strong, went strong. I, I, my, my cousin's in the back. I think he's a bit worried about something, though. So <laughs> anyways, this is, this is us. And so we, we got connected. And, and little did I know how much connection we would love. I love connecting with my wife. Love connecting with my wife so much that this, this came about when you connect too much. Um, this is Josiah, just my very first son, Josiah. Uh, poor son, man. How many of you know that's your test dummy right there? You're just trying things. You're working it out. That face is like, help me. <laughs> and uh, little did we know that this would be the beginning. Lindsay and I absolutely loved connecting so much that we connected way more and ended up producing this right here. So this is, yeah, a lot, a lot better. So. So I did not know, watch this, I did not know that, that me moving from Texas, going to an internship would lead to me eventually meeting my wife, would eventually lead to us having three boys, which, watch this though, 
beyond that then would get me connected with Pastor Bubba Miss Tracy, which would then lead me to come to Jennings, which would lead me to be the youth pastor here, which would lead me to helping Pastor Bubba for the last 20 years, which would eventually lead me to being the senior pastor of Our Savior's Church. I did not know all that by just connecting to one woman. Watch this, because you never know what's on the other side of relationships that God connects you to. You never know. There is power and there is incredible things that God wants to bring into your life. Watch this, but he brings it through relationships. He brings it through relationships. The fact that I am here in Louisiana is because of 40 years ago, my grandmother who's watching right now, I love you, Pete. Um, she, uh, she took in Pastor Jacob 40 years ago in Lafayette. And, and little did she know that 40 years ago when she took in Pastor Jacob to live in their house that almost, I don't know, 30 plus years later, her grandson, 20, 20 plus years later, her grandson would then be getting pastored by the person that he brought into her house, which would eventually be a part of his internship, which would eventually go help in Jennings, which would eventually be the senior pastor, which would stay connected to there, which, y'all, are y'all seeing how this is? So this is, it's the power of spiritual family. That God brings you in, he brings you into this place, and I don't know, uh, I didn't know this at that time, but those relationships were vital to my purpose being fulfilled. And we say this pretty often around here, but when you find your people, you find your purpose. When you find your people, you find your purpose. We also say something around here a lot, which is church is not a place you go to, it's a family you belong to. It's a family you belong to. So I wanna share with you a couple ideas about family, about spiritual family and and the power of spiritual family and how spiritual family has been actually a part of God's plan from the very beginning. Actually, that's point number one. If you wanna take some notes today, you can pull open the app. These notes are right there on the app, but I'll give you a couple of thoughts today on what happens when you connect to spiritual family. When you get connected, now let me be very clear. I'm not saying when you go to church, because you can go to church and not connect with spiritual family. Okay, but when you connect to spiritual family, I'm gonna show you three things. One, you connect to God's intentional plan. You connect to God's intentional plan. This is the core message all throughout scripture. We serve a God who is highly relational. God is the Trinity, three in one. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. So we serve a God who is highly, highly relational even within himself. And we look at the very beginning in Genesis chapter two, Uh, We know in Genesis chapter one, God created the earth. We know that within Genesis one and Genesis two, God creates Adam and God says this, then the Lord said, it is, everybody help me here. It is not good for the man to be alone. And there's so many implications of what that is, but I want you to see this real quick. Watch this. At this point, it is perfect. Everything that God has created is perfect. The world is perfect. The animals are perfect. Everything around us is perfect. Adam is perfect. Nothing is broken. Watch this. Nothing is broken except the fact that Adam's by himself. And God says, everything is great except one thing. Because I didn't come just to make a man. I came to make a family, and he needs to not be by himself. He needs some help. Come on, women, and say here. Come on. The man needs some help. And so he says, I'm going to bring him a helpmate and brings this woman into his life. And how many know if family was vital, watch this, in the perfect world, how much more is family vital in the broken world? That, that you see this passion within here that in our world today, you and I are around more people than we've ever been. But he said, it's not good for man to be 
alone, alone. And I, when I think about 2020, I think about a lot of people being alone. I think about how the enemy has used uh, last year and even coming into this year to bring fear into people, to keep us alone, to keep us separated. And, and I wanna share um, a quote from a doctor. This is a medical doctor, so this is nothing spiritual here. This is just an actual medical doctor. His name is Douglas Nemec. He says this, he's, he's the chief medical officer for behavioral health. He said, loneliness has the same impact on your mortality as smoking 15 cigarettes a day, making it even more dangerous than obesity. Think about that, that loneliness can kill more people than smoking 15 cigarettes a day, than obesity. Because of sin, and because sin broke their relationship with God, we know that because of sin in the garden, it also broke not only their relationship with God, it broke their relationship with each other. Which, by the way, how many know when sin comes into the world and you have a broken relationship with God, how many know because of broken relationships with God, you're gonna have broken relationships with people? And that's a part of that that's there, and so God is trying to bring people together. We're gonna talk way more about this, actually, in the Masterclass series, because we're gonna dive full head into relationships and, and give spiritual and, and practical things on how do we restore relationships. But in the, in the scriptures, we see God's intentional plan for family. We see it in the Garden of Eden, and then we see what sin did. Because sin broke their relationship with God and broke their relationship with other, God wanted his family back. So all of the Old Testament is God trying to let them know, you are my family, I want you, I need you, you're a part of this. And they did not want anything with God. In the Old Testament, you see it, they're always bucking what God's trying to do. And eventually in the New Testament, you get the arrival of Jesus who comes and Jesus begins to model things to them. Jesus comes through family, he comes through Mary and Joseph, we know that. Jesus is raised in a family, we know that. We know that when Jesus wanted to change the world, he selected 12 guys to be a part of his family. We see all of this throughout scripture of this idea of family, family, family. Eventually he goes to the cross and he takes on our sins so he can bring us back into the family. Come on, how many know we're back in the family now because of Jesus and what we celebrated in this? It started with family. It's been about family. It will always be about family. And Paul tells us in Ephesians this way, when he describes the church, he describes it this way. You are members of, everybody help me with, Come on, let's say you're members of. Come on, look at somebody next to you. Say them, your family. Say, tell them you. Now look at the person you didn't want to look at and go. I guess we're family. I guess, I mean, I guess we gotta. We're in this thing. I said this. Okay, we're family. We're in this thing together. Okay, and so of course he's not just talking about just local church. He's talking about the church as a whole, followers of Christ. We are. We are God's family. Together, we are his house built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. And this cornerstone is Christ Jesus himself. Christ Jesus himself. Now, how many of you in here have kids? You have kids, raise your hand if you got kids. Okay, how many of you in your home, you have these right here? These are Legos. How many of you have Legos all in your house? Like this. How many of you have stepped on one of these in your home? and Jesus was not pleased with what came out of your mouth. Yeah, I have multiple times. As you saw in the picture earlier, I have four boys, so um, Legos have, I have three boys. I'm not, I'm not prophesying. That's 
Let me, let me just let you know, that game is shut down, okay? Well, the game's not, but the... Where's my wife? Okay. Um, she's over here? Where's she? Oh, she's over there. Okay, I'm sorry, babe. Um, it's still game on, I'm telling you right now. Okay. So she has four boys up in her. Okay. So, so we have all of these... Golly, y'all have derailed me. Okay. And my grandmother's watching. Golly. Okay, so... So we have these, we have these all over the house, okay? They're, they're everywhere and Josiah's really big into Legos and really all my boys are big into Legos and, and so they're, they're everywhere and so we got tons of them. I mean tons of them. I, I have stock in Lego uh, for sure and if y'all seen how pricey they are now, it's not cheap anymore. And so we have these all over the house and you know, if, if you want to, they're, they're designed, if you know how Legos are designed, they're, they're designed to connect to one another. I mean, you just get enough Legos and you can build all different kinds of stuff. You can build houses and planes and people. And I mean, it's really cool. You can use a lot of your imagination to create things. And so you just keep building and building more and more things. <clears throat> the thing is, is that when you, when you buy this though, uh, it comes in a box. And the box is important because ultimately you're buying this because you want what's on the box to be what you create. Now you could dump all of these all over the floor and create whatever you wanted to create, perfectly fine, use your creativity, but ultimately, usually you buy it because you wanna take something that looks like this, which is just a bunch of individual pieces, and then you take a box that looks like this right here, and then you build something like this right here. Now, when this came from this, it did not look like this. This is a lot of hours of one son in my home that built this. It's all fancy and shoots things and it's super cool. And how many, how many, how many X-Wing people do I have in the house? How many like Star Wars? Any Star Wars people? So, okay, so this dumped out is not this, it's this times a thousand, however many pieces these are. I don't know how many they are. There's a lot, how many? A lot, more than I can count, 761, okay, pieces that are going together. The reason I bring all this up, here's, here's, here's why I bring this up. You going to church looks like this. You just loving God by yourself looks like this. Good, but God wants this. God wants this and all of this to look like this. And, and the only way that this happens is when you get these together. And when these get put together, based off of what the book tells you on how to do it, you get something that's amazing that looks like this. Are y'all with me? Okay, all right. So here's my question. Which one do you look like? Which one do you look, are, are you the one that's just in, yeah, I just go to church, and man, I just love Jesus. It's just Jesus and me. Jesus and me, we got this. And you're functional to a degree, but you're not all God created you to be. Because God created the, the complexities of all of you to be put together with others to create 
to create a masterpiece of what God wants to do through us. And how many know when the church gets together and it goes from just me church to we church, how many know we can do something together? We can, we can take the enemy out. Okay, I just wanna let you know. Okay, all right, so. So let me show you here, watch. Ephesians 3.10 says it this way. So what's God's purpose for all this? Well, God's purpose in all of this was to use the who? Church. The church, watch this, to display his wisdom in its rich variety to all the unseen rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. Watch this. Verse 11 goes and says, this was his... Like, like what that means is before God said, in the beginning, let there be, there was this plan. Like, this was the plan from the beginning, the eternal plan, which he carried out through Christ Jesus, our Lord. What's the plan? The plan is that his church will display his wisdom. Well, you, you can't just display it as individuals. You display it as, as the church. So when I connect to spiritual family, I connect to his intentional and eternal plan that he's always had which is that God would put us in family. Number two, when you connect to spiritual family, you connect to vital relationships. Vital relationships. And I, I, I chose that word very specifically, vital relationships, because here's what I know, is I know right now, statistically, and this is secular statistics, is that there are more people right now fighting discouragement and depression Marital abuse is on the rise more than it's ever been. People have joblessness. People have despair more than ever before. I know all of that. And so what does the enemy do? He gets us discouraged. He gets us depressed. Watch this. He gets us isolated. We say things like, I don't want anybody to know. Uh, nobody cares. I'm by myself. Nobody knows what I'm going through. And he says all these things. And God's word says this. Watch. This is what God's word says to that. He says, God places the lonely in family. In family. So if you're battling discouragement or depression or despair, the enemy wants to isolate you from family, and God wants to place you in family. Because he knows when he places you in family, you're going to get some vital relationships. So watch this, it's not Jesus and me, it's Jesus and we, okay? It's, it's how Jesus makes you and me into the image of God is he puts you in a we. He puts you in relationships with other people. And, and, and let me even go as far as to say this. This isn't just important for us that are adults in here. This is just as important for your kids and students. Your kids and students need vital, life-giving, God-honoring relationships. Amen? Because here's what, here's what ends up happening. I'm telling you. How many know teenage years are challenging? Today, my middle son turns 13. So I now officially have two teenagers in the belt home. Pray for us. <laughs> and I'm excited and, and I'm believing a lot of great things, but 
but I know those years can be challenging. I know every season of our children's development have their own challenges from toddlers to teenagers to them leaving on their own and every one of those have their own set of unique challenges. But watch this, but I have parents come to me and complain about their students' behavior or complain about their attitude or complain about this and the very first question I ask them right out the gate is, are they in OSC kids or OSC youth? Well, no, you know, I don't want them to have to come to church. I don't want to drag them to church. I'm like, well, look where their life's going right now. It can't get worse. Like, they need some relationships in there. Because watch this. Parents, you may totally disagree with me on this, and that's perfectly fine. You're okay to be wrong. But the... (laughs) I'm kidding, I'm kidding. But you probably have seen this to be true. When your kids are young, you're their superhero. But when they get into teenage years, your voice is not as impactful to them as their friends are. Their friends' voices become a lot louder. That's not a knock against you. It's just the season they're going through. Then they get to college and their professors and other friends and stuff become their voices into their life. And then they get out of college, they get married, and guess what? Mom was a lot smarter and dad was a lot smarter than they thought they was. They come back, it's okay, but watch this. But because I know that, because I know when they go through that season, my voice might not be the loudest, guess what I'm gonna do as a dad? I'm gonna make sure I get every God-loving person around them as much as I could. I'm gonna make sure that I help them get the friends that I know that are going to bring them in the right direction, not the wrong direction. So I'm gonna get them to youth on Wednesday nights because I'm gonna give them an environment that they can get around those things. Y'all with me? I am so proud of OSC Kids and OSC Youth. I'm so proud of Lucy and Dustin. They have taken this to a whole nother level. Like my son is being discipled by men in his life, by other students, by people, both of my sons actually. This, my, my, my middle son had a basketball game last week at Hathaway and his tribe leader came to the game to cheer him on. That's not because his dad's the pastor. That's because he really cares about my son. Your kids need that. All of our kids need that. They need other, how many of you would just love to have someone else in your kid's life that's trying to champion the same thing you're trying to champion? And that's, listen, they're never going to replace you because ultimately spiritual formation in our children's lives comes from us as parents. So we're gonna do that, but man, hey, I could use some help sometimes. and get some people that can just echo what's already going on. And that's what OSC Kids and OSC Youth is all about. We wanna echo what's already happening. And I hear it all the time. Well, my kids, man, they're really just, they're really busy with sports and they're really busy with piano and they're really busy with all this stuff. That's great, I'm excited for you, that's awesome. But who in their life is helping point them to Jesus and make sure that they're ready for the world that they're about to hit when they come out of 18 and 19 and go into college and then they got, y'all with me today? Like getting in those environments and those relationships, not only do we as adults and parents and married people and single people need vital relationships, our kids and our students need vital relationships. When I grew up, my parents, we went to church like all the time. Like, like Sunday night. We went to Sunday night church. Come on, that was the worst. All right? <laughs> Sunday night. Like, you're like, did we not get enough? I mean, we got to go back for another dose, you know, and then got to go for Sunday night. And then I went to camp and I went, like, it wasn't optional in our house. Like, it was like, are you bleeding or throwing up blood? Any one of those? No. Get to church. All right, let's go. 
and however much at times in my life I hated it, today I'm thankful for it. Are y'all with me? Like, I am so grateful that my parents did not allow me to dictate what I wanted to do. That they didn't just try to be a friend, but they were a parent in a season when I needed them to be a parent. And I'm telling you right now, for all of us that are in here, you need vital relationships, which means you need to be around vital relationships at your kids' seat too. Because I'm thankful for the men that I surround myself with because those guys speak into my kids' lives as well. And the same for all of us that's in this room. Hebrews 10 puts it this way. This is not the time to pull away and neglect meeting together. As some have formed the what? It's a habit. Great things in our lives are formed by habits. Bad things in our lives are formed by habits. He says, this is, there's, there's a habit that's going on around where it's like, uh, do I want to go? Do I not want to go? Do I want to connect with people? Do I not want to connect? He said, no, no, no. This isn't the time to do that. This isn't the time to pull away. No, in fact, we should come together even, read it, even, even more frequently, eager to encourage and urge each other onward as we see the day of dawn that is coming. Like we're, we're, we're getting in relationships that are, that are challenging us and helping push us and lead us and encourage us onward. So let me tell you two obstacles, I think, to people not connecting to spiritual family and connecting to relationships. This is what stops us from building vital relationships. A, priority. And what I mean by that is I, I hear people say this all the time, Pastor Josh, I just don't have time. Man, I wanna... I don't have time. Get in a life group. Man, I just don't really have time. Okay, so watch this. You prioritize what you value. You prioritize what you value. So here's where I want us to change some of our verbiage. Instead of saying this, I don't have time, I want us to say this, I didn't make time. I don't have time puts me in blame shifting everybody else for dictating my schedule. I don't have time puts me as the owner of my schedule that I can figure out what I say yes to and what I say no to. So it is important for us to understand that, that if God wants us in life-getting relationships, you're going to have to prioritize it, which means you're gonna have to say no to something so you can say yes to the best things. Okay, so priority. I don't think that's the biggest issue though. I don't think priority is the biggest thing that's stopping us from relationships. I think this next one is pain. Pain. Anybody in here been hurt by family members? Raise your hand. Been hurt by family members? How many of you have hurt family members? Okay, yeah, okay. Me too. Watch this. Family's messy. Okay. Relationships are messy. Doing life with people is absolutely messy. Listen, going through a divorce, messy. Having someone who's been a really close friend that's no longer there is now speaking negative, that's messy. Going through church hurt, messy. Going through issues in your life with people, it's messy. And listen, don't think that it's not gonna affect your heart. It's going to. It's gonna affect, affect your heart so much that, that when, you know, if you were in a, a, a bad divorce or a bad you know, relationship with someone else, as soon as you go to a next one, you're gonna have a wall up. Cause it's gonna be like, are you gonna do what this person did? If you go to a different church, same thing. Is you gonna do what the other person did? 
If you go to another friendship, there's, there's this wall that gets put up, okay? And it's natural, we're self-protecting ourselves because I, I'm going, I learned from the last one, not doing that again. Watch this though, here's, here's the pain that happens in this because just because you go, well, I'm not mad about it anymore. I'm not mad, I've let that thing go. Okay, watch this. Just because you're not mad doesn't mean you're healed. Okay, so everybody points this out. I'm gonna go ahead and make it obvious so now you will notice it all the time from here. Um, when I was in high school, I played basketball and uh, a guy threw a basketball to me and hit my pinky right here, all right? I think it broke, not quite sure, but all I know is I can't bend it properly now anymore. If you look at it, it's, it's there, still a pinky, but it's weird. Let's just all admit it, okay? It's weird. I have people come up to my, me after message and go, what's wrong with your pinky? I'm like, mind your business, okay, listen. <laughs> Did you not hear the life-giving word that just came from this stage and you're worried about my finger? Okay. Does it work? Yes. Watch this. But does it work fully? No. So many of us in here, watch this. Your insides look like my finger. It works, it just doesn't work right. It, listen, it doesn't hurt. This does not bring me pain at all. But it doesn't work right because I didn't let it get healed when I should have. If I would have gone through the pain of resetting it and getting it in the right place, I could fully use it the right way. But because I didn't and I went the other route, I get, I get this. And some of you have been hurt in your life and you go, well, it don't hurt anymore, I'm fine. Yeah, but are you fully functioning the way God calls you to? And so pain can be something that brings us to the place. And I wanna show you one of the ways, watch this, one of the ways that the great physician brings healing in our life and this seems so weird, but watch this. James 5, 16 says, confess your sins to who? Each to each other and to pray for who? Each other. Watch this, so that you will be healed. Okay, so watch, this is huge. What the enemy used to hurt you, people, watch, is what God uses to heal you, people. Like, I don't know if you just caught that. The thing that hurts you the most in life, and how many of you would agree that nothing hurts more than relational pain? Whether it's something, it's in your kids, or your spouse, or a friend, or whoever. That what the enemy uses to hurt you deeply, God says, watch this, I'm gonna take the same thing that the enemy used to hurt you, and I'm gonna use it to heal you. If we confess our sins to one another and we pray for another, God can, God can bring healing in our life. And could it be that some of you going, I don't, I don't want this relationship thing. No, I'm cool with just attending. I don't want to get connected. I don't want all, all, yeah, I'm good. Could it be that there's areas of your life that aren't fully healed yet because you're blaming it on relationships, but God's trying to show you that relationships are what's going to get you out of the funk to get you the heal that you want. Yeah. This is what God, this is, I'm telling you, this is what God's word says. And I'm not talking about like convenient relationships. I'm talking about vital relationships. Listen to me closely. The people who survived 2020 were the people who were connected to vital relationships. The people who did not have vital relationships 
struggled in 2020. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna put it this way. If you wait to build vital relationships when you're in the middle of the storm, it's too late. You gotta make sure you got vital relationships in your life before the storm hits. Because when it comes, how I many know you wanna be able to pick up the phone and someone's there in a heartbeat because you did the work to build vital relationships before everything started shaking in your life. How I many know you can't build something while things are shaking? It's too late. You've gotta build it before it even happens. The, uh, Harvard did the most exhaustive study since 1930s, and their study dis, uh, proved this. This is what they came out with this study. They've been doing this study from 1930 all the way now to 2020, 90-year study, and here's what they came out of. The health of your relationships at 50 years old will determine your physical health at 80. So you know what that tells me? I'd rather eat a burger with vital relationships that I'm walking with than kale by myself. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Come on, somebody. Listen. Hey, if he's saying, hey, vital relationships are important, let's go. Popeyes it is. All right, no, I'm joking, all right? I'm on a health track now. I'm trying to, okay, I'm trying to change some things. All right, I gotta hurry. Number three, uh, you connect to God's supernatural supply. You connect to God's supernatural supply. Watch this, Ecclesiastes 4.12. A person standing... What? Alone. Say it again. Alone. Say it again. Alone. Look at the person next to you, say it. Alone. alone. Okay, I'm trying to get this to you. Alone. Watch this. You can be in a room full of people and still be alone. Amen. A person who stands alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and three are even Better for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me, listen to me. The devil doesn't mind you going to church. The devil just doesn't want you to connect to family. He don't mind you going to church. No problem with that. He doesn't want you to connect with family because when you don't connect with family, you're isolated and now you're vulnerable. And how many of you, honesty, how many of you have felt like in the last Three to four months, you've been under attack. Raise your hand. You just, man, it's just been an attack. Hey, guess what? Hey, hey, keep your hands up. Keep your hands up. Keep your hands up. Keep your hands up. Newsflash, you are. Like, you are. I am. Like, whether you believe it or not, there is a spiritual war that you cannot see that is going on right now, and it is more real than this physical world you can see. You are in a battle right now for your soul, for your marriage, for your family, for, your, for the call of God that's on your life. There is, as soon as you said, God, yes. You know, last month we're like, we're all in. Yes, we're going all in. No more hokey pokey. We're going all in. And the enemy was like, yeah, you are. And he comes after you. Maybe this week it's been just all hell. Like, like Lucy said, maybe it was just a terrible week. But I'm telling you, you need to connect to the supply you're under a spiritual attack. But God has so much for you. And I wanna show you a story real quick as we end today of the power of what spiritual family does. My name is Patricia Gasbord. We've been coming to OSC for seven years. Well, myself seven years, and then my spouse kinda jumped in a year later. I had heard about life groups every single semester. And every single semester, I was like, I should join a life group. And then the devil would start working on me and he would be like, you don't need a life group. You 
if you join a life group and you connect with people and you show them your vulnerabilities and your weaknesses, then you will hurt your witness. People won't respect you and won't view you as a Christian anymore because you don't fit into the box of what a Christian's supposed to look like. I was obsessed with being in control of how people perceived me. And um, I joined Freedom and the people that God put into my group, um, I feel like were just perfectly designed to meet me where I was. The first couple weeks were hard for me and I was quiet. And they um, they talked about a lot of the things that they struggled with. And um, by them being so open and trusting me to sit in their face and tell me about their stories, I came to a place where God was like, they release to you and it's you can release to them. You don't have to be scared of the people sitting in this room. And I did, and they loved me anyways. It's like when you put that last piece of the puzzle in and you realize that God surrounds you with like just imperfect people who fit with your imperfection too. And it's like when you let go of fear, no matter what it is, if it's fear of people knowing you or if it's fear of not fitting into a group or fear that people will talk about you or whatever the fear is, when you let God break down the fear, there's stuff on the other side that you never even knew existed. I feel free. I feel freer than I've ever felt in my whole life and I've been saved since I was like eight years old. It was hard. I was attacked from every single corner this year, spiritually, financially, um, even professionally. Um, it just has been a hard year physically. My health, I had COVID and just some other things. But it's like freedom was the final, it was that final physical release of all the things. That weekend was like a physical release of all the things that I had worked so many months on learning about myself, figuring out about myself, and then finally saying, I don't have to live with this stuff anymore. Hmm. Powerful. So I don't know if you heard her say how much she'd been attacked. But the game changer was not that whether she was attacked or not attacked, the game changer was who she was doing it with. She wasn't fighting alone. And I want to end today with a scripture that says this, a friend is always loyal, but a brother, sister, family, they're, they're, they're born to help in what? In a time of need. In a time of need. They're born to help. They're born to help. I'm here to help. I want to help in a, in a time of need. So question is for all of us. Who is that for us? Who do you have that's going to be there in your greatest time of need? I'm, I'm praying that, that all of us in this room have some divine relationships that are those pick of the phone type of people. Because watch this, it's not a matter of if you're gonna go through hard times, it's just a matter of when. Following Jesus does not mean that you're storm proof in regards to never having storms again. You're gonna face some storms. But God has called us to do this together.
So I wrote this down. You don't need just a friend to hang with you. You need a spiritual family who can help you. I don't need people just to hang out with. I need some people that are gonna help me. That can help me be all that, I've called, that God's called me to be. I need some people around me that are gonna help continue to call me out to be the father that I need to be to my boys, the husband I need to be to my wife, the pastor I need to be to this church. I need to get around some relationships that are gonna not let me sabotage me. I mean, no, because the greatest enemy of you is you. Y'all know nobody lies to you more than you do. Y'all know that, right? I wake up every morning and I hear those things going off in my head and I realize, man, I, I need some people around me. So, so here's my question. My question is, am I connected to spiritual family? And that's a question you've got to ask. Am, am I connected? Listen, I, I know there may be some priority issues. I know there may be some past pain. But allow God to heal those things because the enemy's trying to keep you disconnected so you don't fulfill all that God has for you. You know, when Lindsay and I were, were dating, I would pick her up and drop her off. Pick her up, drop her off. It was, it was casual. It was cordial. I really liked her. But to get the full benefits of our relationship, come on, I had to put a ring on that thing, all right? And when I put a ring on it, this is what I was doing, watch it. When I put a ring on her finger and I said, will you marry me? And then we stood before people and a pastor and made an official commitment to one another, a death to us part. Watch this, watch this. When I did that, I went from being just an attender to being a member. And watch this, and when I became a member, it came with perks. It came, it came with responsibility. It came, it came with so much that God unlocked in my own heart when I went from just dating to now being I'm all in. Are y'all with me? The same is true with spiritual family. You can date spiritual family all day long, but you don't unlock all that it has for you until you commit saying I'm all in. I'm all in. So are you connected? Are, are, you, are you all in? And today's a perfect day for you to do that. Next step happens right after this service in our Connections building. If you wanna get plugged into spiritual family, that's your place to go. Go, give us an hour just to go and learn about what this spiritual family, listen, I know not everybody's called to this spiritual family and I'm perfectly fine with that, okay? I know there's some incredible churches around here. Just get in one somewhere, get connected into family, start using your gifts for the family, start allowing God to do what he wants to do through you, get in a life group. Oh, that's scary, I don't know anybody. Well, you will once you get in. And they'll get to know you. Well, what if they're weird? Some might be. Come on, can we just all admit it? Okay, there's, some are weird, okay? Um, but that's okay, hey listen, you probably are too. <laughs> There's weird stuff about all of us. But hey, listen, we're family. We're family. We're in this thing together. Father, we love you. And God, thank you so much for your word. And God, for the fact that you've brought us into your family. And, and, and I want to pray for that. I want to I pray for two types of people today. I want to pray for those that, that, that you need to get into God's family. And, and that's not by attending church or 
doing anything. There's no, there's no pastor or church or priest or program that you can do to get into God's family. Getting into God's family literally is you surrendering your life to Jesus, letting him be being the Lord of your life, acknowledging that your sin and your brokenness separated you from, from him and from the Father. But Jesus came and he came to die for our sins and our guilt and our shame. And if you're here in this room and you go, man, I, I wanna get in the family. I wanna be a part of God's family. I have been isolated by myself. I've been doing things my own way, but today I wanna get in his family. If that's you, I don't want anybody looking around, but you say, that's, that's me. I, I wanna be in God's family. I wanna I, I want acknowledge that he is now Lord of my life. On the count of three, I want you just to shoot your hand up and say, Pastor Josh, would you just pray with me? I wanna I, I want be in. One, two, three. If that's you going up all across this room, come on, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you right here. Anybody else? Thank you in the back, I see you. Two two more back here on the right side. Thank you so much. So today's that day, today's that day. You can put your hand down right there where you are. And I wanna pray as well. We're gonna pray for for those of you that just raise your hand in just a minute, but I also wanna pray for those in here that are disconnected. You're connected to God's family, you're going to heaven, but you're disconnected from spiritual family that God's put you in right here in his church. And you've allowed lies or pain or disappointment or your own, your own discouragement to isolate you from all that God has for you. And I wanna pray for you today. And I'm gonna ask you to do something real bold. And if you're online, you can join us in doing this as well. If you're here in this room and you say, I know that's me. God wants me to get reconnected. I I need to get reconnected to him. If that's you and you're being honest in here, would you just shoot your hand up so I can know who I'm praying for? Come on, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Man, hands going up all over the place. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So let me pray for that that first group right now. If If you prayed, to receive Jesus as the Lord of your life, I just want you to say this with me. Say, dear Lord Jesus, say today, I recognize I've lived my life for myself, but I wanna be a part of your family. And you came to this earth to take my sin and my shame and my guilt and you died for it. Thank you for taking away the thing in my life that separated me from you. Today, I turn from my sins and I place you as the Lord and Savior of my life. Change me from the inside out. Thank you for making me a part of your family. Today, give me a new heart. I'll follow you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name. Now I wanna pray for those that have been disconnected. If you've been disconnected here, Father, I pray, Lord, for every person that's been in this room that the enemy has allowed the pain or the past, life experiences, lies of the enemy, to disconnect them from your source, your spiritual, supernatural source. God, I pray, Lord, that there would be some divine connections that happen today, maybe even after this service, over these next couple of weeks and months, God, that as you get them connected into spiritual family, they'd find divine, vital, life-giving, God-honoring relationships. God, you know those that are in here that have felt so alone even in a crowd of people, even with the smile on their face, they felt so alone. Pray, God, that you would connect them to those type of relationships that can come alongside and encourage and help move them onward.
God, if you have more for us, put people around us that can remind us of that and help us move towards that. When we find our people, we find our purpose. So God, help us today to be connected to the people that you've called us to connect with, Lord. We love you and we give you all the praise and honor in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Amen. Come on, can we celebrate all that God has done, doing?